commitment, dedication, success. Copland, Keebler, and Wallace. The most trusted name in executive search and consulting welcomes you to the KKNW podcast, where we delve deep into the not-so-simple art of hospitality. And now here's your host, award-winning journalist, compelling storyteller, and video strategist, Corey Saban. And welcome to the KKNW podcast. We hope this show is a resource for you to stay up to date on the latest trends, garner some new ideas and information to help you grow and enhance your operation. Today, we are joined by Len Samard, Professional Tennis Registry and USPTA Master Professional. Len conducts all racket, sports, fitness, wellness, and GM slash COO professional searches for KKNW and is one of the industry leaders in tennis facility consulting, performing evaluations, and solutions to all types of rackets, facilities, and organizations throughout the country. Len is a terrific guy, and Len, it is so wonderful to be with you. How are you? Hey, I'm doing great, Corey. Thanks for having me. We get to talk about something that I am certainly passionate about, even though I I do search and consulting in other areas. This is where I I started. This is where my career has really flourished. And of course, this is where my passion lies. So thanks for doing this on Rackets. You got it. Let's talk about that passion. You know, we've been in a pandemic for over a year and things are starting to lighten up a little bit as people are getting inoculated. How has the sport of tennis and pickleball and the other racket sports done during the last year? Yeah, even I am now vaccinated, so that that which a lot of people didn't think I was going to. So, yeah, as as one, I think pretty much everybody realizes now that that golf and tennis and pickleball and and any outdoor sports and even even the indoor sports that have separation have done real well. Uh, now that we're I'd like to say that we're entering the end or the near end of the pandemic. We're actually looking at ways and clubs are looking at ways now to figure out how how the masks are are used. You know, outdoors, they don't seem to be having to use them anymore. Indoors in certain states, you still have to use them, but we're looking at now vaccine vaccinations. You know, if, if four people are vaccinated, can they be mask free at all times? So, Interesting times. We don't really have too, too much to go on. But uh, the good thing is we know that there's a lot of people playing. 22% increase in tennis in the United States this past year or something something not to sneeze at, that's for sure. A 22% increase, that's pretty phenomenal. Do you think that stickiness will continue at clubs and elsewhere? Well, that is the million-dollar question, and I'd like to say yes, and I'd like to say that the, the clubs that are the most innovative and the clubs that are really, and the staff within those clubs, if they're doing the correct things and, and, and uh, expanding and innovative ideas, I think that it can be. We have to certainly strike while the iron is hot. So if we're doing a lot of things for, for bringing in new players, uh, fun things for them to do and, ha- and showing them a path where they can continue along the rackets or pickleball or paddle, whatever it is, that they don't all jump back into whatever sport or, or activity they were doing prior to joining. And certainly that's why they got in. They dropped another activity to join in in, in racket sports. So we hope that 
we will be able to keep keep them entertained and and, and turn them into long term uh, players. That's for sure. Well, you mentioned two things: uh, innovation and the correct things. So, can you touch on what some of those correct things are, and also some innovative ideas? Well, I just think this is a great time for uh, the clubs to really get, whether if you're at a private club and you want to get golfers in or, or people that are social members or whatever, there's got to be a great introductory type programs to, to get them hooked. And it's got to be something that's done at the right time, at the right price, and, and has the the visibility to see where the end result will be. So when they come in, you know, it has to be, uh, there's some great programs out there. I'll just give you an idea. Some are called Discover Tennis. Some are called Instant Tennis. Some are called TNT, Tennis in No Time, or Tennis 101. There's there's a lot of different uh, types of entry-level programs, but it's phenomenal when they get going. Uh, you're going to get if it's done, I, I'm just giving this example, but some are, some are done for three-week sessions with two, two lessons in a week and uh, learn to play in three weeks, and it's in a $99 type price range. And if two come or you bring a friend, it's $150. So it's definitely we're, the, the, the idea is not to, to profit from this, but get more players playing. And then, and then maybe down the road, of course, they become – clients and, and people that uh, members or, or patrons that really are, are, are in there for the for the long haul I mean that's one idea certainly just making sure your staff is, is aware of this you know are you giving the, the, the leadership and, and the customers experience or customer service to everybody that they know hey this is fun and it's we're well taken care of and making sure your staff really does have the attitude that, you know, they don't care how much um, we know. They want to know how much we care. And we build relationships with the member of the patrons. And when you can do that right now and they're around us all the time, there's a likelihood they'll stay. So it's really a combination between programming uh, and, and really getting to know who the client is and building that relationship. Um, you know, if you don't have a genuine interest in people, uh, at this time right now when everybody's kind of weaning and feeling very, uh, you know, timid about the, everything that's going on, they have to have faith. Uh, and then, of course, the last thing is, is creating a, a real safe environment for them, too. So if we can show that, you know, all, all of the the uh, literature out there and studies are, are showing that tennis and, and golf are are safe, but we have to do that too and make sure that they feel completely comfortable when they're out on the court, whether that's doing it just with their families and, and keeping it within a household or keeping them separated and doing fun things that, that keep people moving so that you don't have to really have people standing in close quarters right now. So so that safety aspect is, is another element too now. You know, Len, that's really interesting that you touched on these points. And based on your extensive experience, um, what advice do you have for these club professionals to build this type of programming and create the interest, in you, as you mentioned, in Discover Tennis and these other programs that are designed to get you out on the court quickly learning the game so that you're enjoying it and having a good time. How do they go about that? Well, it's, it's funny because that's what, what, what the clubs are looking for. They're looking for, 
professionals or directors that really know how to grow engagement and usage of, of the club's facilities and operations. And, and really, it just comes down to, you know, do you have that attitude that is, I'm going to fill these courts. I'm going to fill our courts with whatever I need to do, uh, whether it's working with the juniors or, or the adults and, and any of the levels, an ABC type thing, or or whether it's social or competitive, you've got to have that ability to, to fill courts. Um, so it all starts with, you know, having, getting your rackets committee involved and coming up with new ideas for them and throwing them more ideas than they need to even have, but allow them to get involved and, and, and say, hey, I really like the sound of this one. Hey, this one doesn't resonate quite as well with me, so let's try that next year. And, and together build a real full calendar of events, not just instructional. And I think that's that's a key. I always say it's like a circle. If you don't have a, a client or, or member that comes on, onto your grounds and gets involved that isn't having a group lesson, uh, maybe a private, uh, small group, a, a very cardio type class, but then the keys are the are the are the playing. We can't keep people involved in playing our sport unless themselves they are they're able to test themselves and and play with their friends and and see how they're they're improving if they're only taking lessons it just doesn't work and so a full event a calendar of events is is needed uh, and I'm not talking just within tennis so nowadays we're talking about getting people in tennis and pickleball and and paddle out out there you know, one of the trends too, Corey. I think this will fall in line with your question: is is it needs to be convenient now? I mean, mm -hmm. that's another thing. A shorter commitment uh, isn't that the way it is? And when you go for food, Corey, you know, fast and affordable, right? Right, fast and affordable. So exactly, that's the second part of it. So it has to be something that they don't have to have a long-term commitment, but some like like a drop-in class, for example, if you have something that. They can do for an hour and a half, and then they're in. They get their workout. They might be able to do it with their family, even so, a family type event, uh, and it's low cost, fast paced because they want that workout, and, and then they're out. So, uh, those those are things for sure that are that are important. Uh, you know, again, for for all levels, that's the key for all levels because we have everyone at our club. You know, as soon as you made that food reference, the first thing I thought of just for programming, and tell me if I'm off my rocker here beyond uh, a referral program, but is what about like a punch card program like you would get at a local restaurant where you offer clinics, private lessons, etc., and every time you get a punch and then the 11th one is free or something like that, or new member mixer, are those good ideas for uh, a calendar for a club? These are, these are, Corey, you should be in our profession. <laughs> that's, that's, these are these are these are great things, and and anything works. Like there's so many clubs that offer these incentives for juniors, for example, and they might have a bullseye up on the wall, and every time a junior comes and practices, and, and or or on their own, or plays with the ball machine, or plays with a friend, or takes a lesson, or or plays a match for their club, representing them in inter club play. 
they, they fill in a portion of, of this big bullseye circle. And once they, and they get prizes along the way. So it's incentivizing them to, of course, get involved. And again, just going back to taking advantage of this new surge of, of, of play players in our industry, these fun things make it where they might stay. And, and quite, I shouldn't say might, they will stay. So the stickiness, as you referred to, is more likely when we have fun new ideas. And this is the time to not sit back and look at the calendar of events that we did three years ago and we weren't doing let's do fun things, things that move, convenient things, uh, family ideas, uh, and, and give value. Give value. Um, you know, a lot of people talk about the, the concept that, well, I mean, tennis is going so well, so let's stick it to them. Let's, let's increase mm-hmm. prices. Let's do this and that. I'm not a big believer in that because of that. Let's look at this long term. Um, I certainly don't think you should go down in pricing, but you know, don't don't go up this year. Let's let's keep it where, you know, we're like we said, we want them to stay, love the game like we do, and and keep them playing for years to come. Yeah, I really like the fun aspect, and you know, I'm pretty quick on my feet. An idea that just came to me would be like a Wimbledon weekend. That seems fun, where you you know serve up uh, some English food and. And have some games if you have grass courts or do father-son or father-daughter, mother-daughter type mixers. I I think that is uh, some pretty sticky programming that could be successful, but you're the expert. Absolutely. You're not wrong at all. I mean, I'd personally like to go to Wimbledon. It's a little tricky right now. (laughs) Yes. But but, uh, certainly bring it to to them. So, so bring it to your club. There, there, there isn't as much travel. We're getting out of it, but there isn't as much travel now. So some of the things that uh, members or, or patrons or clients might have done in the past can't. So this is a chance. They're not traveling quite as much. This summer will be a big summer, and last summer was too. And I think that might continue. So any events like that, pro-ams, um, the member guests, member invitationals, uh, you know, fun things that are not too long. You know, the, the, the tournaments of old, and even the USTA will vouch for this, that the two full-day tournaments are a thing of the past. No one wants to give two full days anymore. Mm. So, you know, when you have two, three hours, and then maybe a lunch or a breakfast and two or three hours of play, and they can still do their family activities later, that seems to hit home right now. So any of those things that you mentioned, um, are, are all good ideas for sure. You know, you mentioned two other sports, uh, paddle and pickleball, and that got me thinking about clubs and their marketing initiatives to the demographics. Where does that break down in regards to pickleball, paddle, and tennis? Who's doing what in what age brackets, or is it a cross-section? Uh, I'm going to say a cross-section section with, with an asterisk that, you know, certainly pickleball started as a more senior sport, but it is becoming younger. So is the average age higher than tennis? Yes. Uh, paddle and tennis are, are, are uniform probably across the board. Uh, paddle was a little more oriented to adults, but again, juniors are growing quickly. Um, it's funny when you talk about clubs, and and, uh, and the pro staff within them, I get a lot of questions about what's the breakdown between, 
you know, tennis, pickleball, and paddle as far as income producing for not only the club but for the staff. And tennis still reigns there. Okay, so that's there's the client is typically a little more willing to pay for a tennis lesson and a higher price for a tennis lesson than than paddle and pickle with with a close with a second to paddle and then pickleball ringing in at number three. Hmm. So if you were advising a club, what would you say would be a successful overall racket strategy? Well, I think you need to have all three. Now, it's clearly it's going to depend on, on where you are in the country and, and maybe switching paddle. It's a, it's a northeast or midwest kind of sport to, to although it's heading further south, uh, maybe with, with the sport of pedal in the south or, or, or you know, southwest. Uh, but the two or three, you know, the PTR has, has a, a program out now that's called the Triple Threat, and, they, and they're certifying direct, I'm sorry, professionals in three different sports. And, of course, it's tennis, pickleball, and paddle. Uh, and then they call it a dual threat if you have two of the three. So there are, that organization is, 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 is really thinking innovatively and, and looking at the future, and, and that is something that should be well-received, I think, by the, the professional community anyway. What guidance then can you provide some of the GMs that are listening uh, for growing their program? Well, you know, we we do a lot of of uh, culture surveys with the clubs, and although every club is a little bit different, of course, and, and they they typically when they turn over a director of rackets, they typically look for something that was a little different than what they had. You know, but the, there's some very common threads that that resonate through through our world. When 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 you want to fill the courts and, and have a a program that is building uh, weightless and and having the community excited about about the club and and you get that reputation as having a great rackets program, then for sure leadership. You know, for the staff which is hiring and training expertise that's you know that's some somebody that has to be at the head of, of, of the of the pyramid leading your your program so staff to how to hire is really the honestly it's, it's the number one thing uh, leadership for staff including hiring and training and that that's everything from onboarding of, of the person the, the staff to, to making sure there's constant updating and training. It's making sure that the staff is on court teaching similar methodology as well as how the customer service, service is handled uh, off the court and, and everybody's on the same page and, uh, and just making sure that they are trained in every area. You know, some, some might be in men men's programming, some might be in women, some might be in, 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 in kids and in, in juniors, and then some might be in, in, uh, in running programs. And just allowing everybody on the staff to continuously mix around and get experience with, with, with that. Um, visibility. If you don't have the visibility and availability to both the, the staff and the members, that's, that's going to be something that's extremely important to getting that um, interest and excitement uh, 
interest of everybody and trying to get people don't don't tell anybody about this but you know getting people off the golf course <laughs> over to to play some rackets and, and some pickleball or, or whatever it be but you know knowing when to be visible and available to to both members and staff and staff you got to pay attention to too because we get staff gets really busy and, and they want to feel some love at, at all times too and then you know, I, I still think there's a few other things. I, we mentioned, you know, some direct, direction for the rackets committee, but communication skills I think are really important too. And and if if you have somebody who can represent the culture of, of your program well, I, I think that that bodes well for also creating a, a comprehensive rackets program. So. If you have somebody out there talking with everybody all the time and has good articulation and 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 is able to uh, public, you know, the public speaking is really good, and they they're not afraid to walk up to somebody they don't know or a new member or a new patron and talk to them and tell them about all the great things that are happening. Um, and the same with with the written part. Are they are they able to to write articles and and write some good promotional things that that get people out to play and that doesn't mean just new people that means you know somebody who's maybe playing two or three times and it's time to get them out of fourth in a, in a week or, or or whatever it be uh and then i you know again I've, we've talked about everything probably except for you know ha- motivating a, a motivating on-court coach or or or, uh, or teacher and again is that important sure it is because if if somebody out there is, is motivating and engaged and, and uh, getting members involved at all levels and having that genuine interest in the members. and uh, they're, they're, That's important because it radiates through the staff and, and then the staff is doing it. It looks like it's fun and all of a sudden you just continue to have more and more interest from, from everyone around. Uh, members or, or, or guests or, or uh, potential patrons. I like all these. So there's points. a there, yeah, there's a lot of ways of, of of keeping it there, and and this is what you know our our data has has showed us. These are these are some of the key things that really uh, are what clubs or let me rephrase that are the best operating clubs in the country have uh, systems in place like this and, and staff in place that do do um, adhere to these principles. Well, Len, I want to take a quick break, but when we come back, I want to talk about some of the do's and don'ts of how to hire the training and communication. But first, some messages from our sponsors. Copland, Keebler & Wallace, McMahon Group, and Club Benchmarking, three of the most highly respected firms serving private clubs, have established the Club Leadership Alliance. After more than 10 years of working together independently, the firms felt it was essential to work more closely in order to more effectively serve clubs in all of their operational, financial, staffing, strategic, and facility aspects. Our vision for the industry is a transformation of the club leadership model through widespread understanding and adoption of the best practices that lead to sustained club success. Learn more at www.clubleadershipalliance.com. Maximize your return on investment by utilizing the expertise of the Copling, Keebler, and Wallace team. They have an unparalleled over 400 combined years of club and hospitality management experience to invest in your operation. They are not just another search firm. They are your trusted partners and advisors dedicated to ensuring your success. 
quality isn't expensive, it's priceless. Copland, Keebler & Wallace is proud to partner with Videobolt.com. Tom Wallace says we love how they take our written job postings and turn them into dynamic videos that tell a story and get incredible engagement. The quality is great, the process is easy, and the price is exceptional. We highly recommend them to enhance your club communications. To learn more, visit Videobolt.com clubs or call 855-235-0040. All right, Corey Sabin from Videobolt.com, back with Len Samard. Um, Len, we were talking all things rackets. You alluded to the 22% increase in the, the game of tennis and rackets overall. We talked about the value of a calendar for your programming director, as well as convenience for the person playing the game. But what are some mistakes that clubs should try to avoid some do's and don'ts, if you will, when looking to hire this director of rackets. We talked about the visibility. We talked about communication. But what about a director that focuses hypothetically too much on lessons? Well, you got you really know what you're doing, Corey. I like that about you. Um, Thanks, Len. <laughs> uh, sure, there are some, and, and it really has to do with more of old school versus new school, or, or new trends versus what used to be, and and I think that uh, a few. A few would, um, a few of those would would be um, too much real emphasis. You, meant, you mentioned on court um, teaching. There's no doubt that that a director of rackets has to be on court and, and and making their presence felt with the staff. You know, they have to be willing to do what the staff's willing to do. But making sure they're seen at the right times and being really uh, vocal and really uh, visible. At certain times, what what doesn't seem to be resonating quite as well is is that the need for an exceptionally high playing level, which at one time back in the seventies and eighties was it, it was really a a thing. Hey, if you if you weren't on the tour or or some of the mini tours or satellite tours back in the day, you weren't a, you weren't a teaching pro. You weren't a you weren't a club pro. And that certainly has changed now. Do you have to have abilities to, to play with the better members of your club? Sure. But you don't have to have that world ranking at one time and that kind of thing. The other thing is, is you know, the, the, the high aptitude for junior tennis. I think it's far more important to, to take care of the young ten and unders at your club and, and have full proficiency in the USDA protocol on teaching ten and under tennis, which is a whole topic on its own, but you know they're definitely looking for for, for professionals that have that, those skills. And it's not as, it's not anymore about you know that that high level academy player that has a national ranking or a regional ranking because it's unlikely. At a, at a social club or a private club, that they're able to do that, have enough court hours, especially now with courts so full, where where a high performing junior will need three, four, five, six hours a day, and that just doesn't happen. So typically, uh, the average director or head pro is is more geared to member services and customer service with with more of a typical member than that high performance junior that's out there. Um, a couple other trends that are 
quite frankly, fading a little bit is, is the need to be an expert pro shop manager and, and have every knowledge about buying and things like that. It, it's because of the online world, it, it's changed quite a bit. And, and um, although you need to have, abs- you absolutely have to have enough product and, and meet the needs of your member, uh, you, you're, it's unlikely that you're going to be stocking, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of inventory to make sure that you hit every, uh, every, you know, type of person and their needs. So, so pro shops, I mean, I, I personally think, you know, a special order processing that's really effective and, and, and quick and keeps the member informed about how, how the process is going and, and calls them and maybe wraps it or whatever it be. There's a whole bunch of great ways, but pro shop is, is, is definitely fading. So I can't go out and there now, with my uh, Pancho Gonzalez wooden racket that I used to play with that that no longer <laughs> works. I'd actually I would actually trade you with a brand new racket of your choice, and I would keep that, but I would hang it on the wall. Nice, very nice. <laughs> Talk to me about you know what are those qualities that surprise you that are not high on the list of a private club with their director of rackets? I would think uh, you know renovation and construction that type of experience. Well, yeah, that's another one that, that is that is fading a little bit. So, so you know, again, there's so many good companies out there. There's so many different types of of, of, of sports or racket sports that, that have to be put into an all rackets program that you don't have to have as much experience with with renovations or remodeling. You need you need to have basic you know information and basic understanding. Uh, but typically, yeah, who to call? Who, you know, who can give you three bids on, on, on the best with the best ideas, the best prices, and, and the best uh, uh, concepts of, of how to make it special? But you really don't need that right now uh, in this world. So, some final thoughts, Len. What should people know overall about a racket strategy? We touched on the convenience, the calendar, but what's one final do that everybody must have done? Well, I, I think that if you're a leader and you have passion for, for your industry, you are going to get the knowledge that, that you need to get in the industry to make sure you bring it to your club and be successful. I mean, I, I would say if I had to just summarize it, put, a, put one word over top of it all, it's leadership. And you've got to really make sure, but there's you know, so many things to cover within that, but you, you, you know, everybody wants to hire a leader. No one wants to be looking over someone's shoulder and, and saying, or, or checking on someone's work and saying, why don't we have this? or Why haven't we done that? If you're a leader and you're passionate about your industry and, and being successful at your clubs, and, and this is what the best clubs are doing. They're hiring correctly and, and they're allowing them to do whoever that is. He or she is allowed to, to perform it. And, and if they're doing what they, they can, there's so many resources out there with the, with, with TTR and USPTA and, and the USTA, there's so many resources to get what you need. Just be proactive and, and be a leader, bring back the ideas and, and allow and work as a team with, with your, with your management and, and with your committees and, and ultimately with the board. And I, I think that you will be successful. You know, Len, that's a perfect segue because this KK&W podcast is all about leadership. And we'd like to end each segment with a reflection on 
something that inspired you to be the leader that you are. So if you would, dig deep in the archives and tell us about a defining leadership moment from your illustrious career. Hmm. Well, I, I would say it's not one time. It, it's what I, I like to do. So I, I'm a mentor, and I, and I love it. And and uh, leadership is, of course, getting familiar with with your staff, understanding who they are, putting them in the best role they can they they can excel at, and of course, developing them in, in every way you can. From uh, you know, hopefully, as a person, financially. Um, obviously professionally making them into who they want to be understanding what they want uh, from the opportunity and from you. And, and I've been very fortunate in my career. Now granted I've worked at multiple clubs and in, in, in even in within a calendar year. So I've had a couple of clubs being working up North for many, many years and down South in Florida for many, many years. But I have had now 46 former assistants who are now running their own uh, a racket's operation. And so without a doubt, I, I, that's my most proudest moment for sure. And my, my most proudest accomplishment and probably will be for the rest of my career. Uh, so creating a program that, that helped them develop to be who they can be and to be the best they can be. And then seeing the results of them actually going on and running clubs, I, I couldn't be prouder. Len, it is always such a pleasure to speak with you. Thank you for taking the time. Corey, always, uh, I agree. Always a pleasure speaking with you, and uh, thanks so much, and have a great week. And thank you, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to this edition of the KKW Podcast to learn more about Copland, Keebler, and Wallace and how their team can help you with rackets or member experience, job placements, whatever it may be, please visit www.coplandandkeebler.com with the and spelled out. Until next time, I'm Corey Sabin from videobolt.com.